Listening to Red Truth and White Lies, a podcast of two candidates, one for the white settler and one for everybody else. Today we're talking with Skylar Williams, spokesperson for 1492 Landback Lane. And of course, with us always is Andrew Brandt. How are you doing today, Andrew? I'm good. How are you doing, Nick? I'm very well. Skylar, how are you doing? Oh, it's another good day here at Six Nations. Right on. Oh, right still on. holding it down 1492 Landback Lane, brother. Yeah. It's good. I love it. Yeah. So uh, it's nice to have you back. Um, we talked a while ago, I think last year, um, and then uh, Nick was down with you, uh, was it a few months ago, a couple months ago, I think. And uh, so he gave us he gave us an update on Land Back Lane. You can give us a little bit more of an update on it uh, now, some current status. Yeah, sure. As of uh, July 1st there, we got the uh, announcement, which was kind of fitting for Canada Day that... Uh, <laughs> The developer at uh, uh, Foxgate Developments had started giving back uh, the down payments and uh, telling the would-be home buyers at uh, at Landback Lane there that they uh, were no longer going to be proceeding with the development there. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's still uh, almost 50, 50 arrests that were made in, in, in connection to Landback Lane. And uh so far about two-thirds of those have been uh have all been dropped uh and uh charges withdrawn against those people and so the uh, a lot of good work went into that from uh you know our legal support team that uh really pushed hard to make sure that you know our our, our people that had been for some of them a year you know nine months at least that uh were being dragged through the courts and so it was really an amazing thing to be able to have you know, the support that uh, folks needed to be able to get everybody out of off these conditions and, you know, out of their jails and out of their, uh, and so, yeah, it was really, really good to have that. And so the, the last few weeks have been, you know, a couple of, a couple of good significant wins for us to be able to, you know, move things along for us. But uh, in terms of what's going on at the camp, I mean, it's about planting and growing. Uh, we got our tiny homes being built and our, our gardens are in, you know, and uh, this past week uh, on July 19th was our um, our one year anniversary, you know, and we had, you know, a, a big concert again, you know, we had uh, Logan Stotts and Derek Miller and Blaine Bumbry and, you know, artist after artist that came up and performed all day for us like it was, it was, a, it was another good day. It's always good and that just you know goes to show like all these charges getting dropped all of those things that are happening literally they're just dragging you through court that's all they're doing it's a complete waste of time because what yeah. you're doing well i mean great to do you know and what they're and doing it's a, the, and it's a complete waste of money too you know all the money spent on surveillance plus the court costs like the amount of surveillance well, yeah, and that, I mean, yeah it's not 20 million dollars spent on policing land back lane and for a mischief and failing to abide a court order charge. And the idea is always to arrest as many people as possible to put that fear into people to try and persuade us to go home. You know, and I think this idea that, you know, I think is in all of us, you know, that there isn't anything that these cops can do with their guns and their handcuffs and their court <coughs> with their injunction. 
in their jails like it's it, there, there's there's nothing that's going to separate us from that connection to the land that we all have and i mean this is this is something that you know has held true for us for you know 375 days now and so i'm quite proud of uh all of the folks at Landback that have been able to do all of the things that we needed to in order to maintain our our stance on the land there. That's the thing when they tell us uh, they try to make those mass arrests, they try to instill that fear. That's terrorism on their part. And then when you know they tell us to go home, you know, go home, go home. What do you do? Don't you have anything better to do? Well, you know what? Guess what? We're home. This is home. You know, you can't tell us to go anywhere else. We're made of this land. We come from this land. You know, there's nothing you can do to tear us away from it. You can slap cups on us, but we'll be back, you know. <laughs> over and over and over again. That's right. Because that's what we're, we were literally put here to take care of the land. That's our jobs as Nguyen people, to make sure that it's there and sustainable. And, you know, stopping this development's a great win because who are they to come in there and announce to, the, to people that, you know, inherently quote unquote own the land you know but have right to the land say okay we're going to build our our stuff on here we're not going to allow you to do it we're also going to buy things for our kids and put them in there you know and we're going to kick you out arrest you and call you um you know like criminals terrorists this and that you know and like there's how much sense does that even make because if it was the other way around you know they would be crying oppression yeah no and i mean like this is it and i mean you know people have always asked like well well like do you think that canada or ontario is going to come or are less likely or more likely to come now and you know my response is always the same you know what we've never expected anything from canada or ontario certainly not haldeman county by way of you know a deed to the land we've we've always we've we've already we already have that you know we've never surrendered that and that's not that's something that you know our nations like really hold dear to us. And so for us to be able to continue to maintain that stance, regardless of whether or not Canada or Ontario, and again, certainly Haldeman County can understand that this lands and that connection for us is something that they can't beat out of us. Exactly, because that, that deed or that land, it doesn't say for the Mohawks, other said six nations and the people of the Haldeman County. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yes. You know, like yeah. it's not we didn't surrender anything. They took it. They literally started to build their stuff and encroach on the territory. <laughs> like Yeah. It's disgusting. I've, I've been driving through Brantford uh, recently looking at the development that's happening around there and it's it's expanding. Um I know that uh I believe is in the 17 1780s or a little bit earlier than that that they were allotted 807 acres or 806 acres to develop Brantford and they're not supposed to encroach into the treaty land outside of that now Brantford currently sits at almost 18,000 acres that it takes up square acres you know that's that's a lot of that's a lot of space and it's a straight up encroachment. And then all the other cities up and down in the Haldeman track, Skylar, you've been going up and down. Uh, you, were, you were involved with the canoe trip as well that went down and checked the health of the river, which I is really, really dear to my heart. Brother, I wanted to congratulate you for that. Thank you so much for going there and speaking up about that and, and putting so much of your effort and your heart into that river because that river flows in your veins just as much as blood does. It's water is life. 
And for, for any Ongohoe person to, to see how that river's health changes downstream, I saw it when I moved here and I saw it changing and I'm like, man, I wish people would do something. I tried getting involved with the colonial conservation to try and change things. There's so much red tape and legislation. I, I gave up. I completely gave up on it. It's just like they won't listen to the people. They won't hear what people are trying to say. And from Cambridge down, the water is, it stinks and it's unhealthy. And I stopped fishing in it and I actually ate fish out of that river and didn't feel well when I first came here. And I, I didn't know that it was like that. But they bring in people, when they say they want people with experience and knowledge and all that kind of stuff, they mean experience in listening to what they're told to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was a great thing that like uh, I show up and we don't never hurts you, Nick. Come on. What's that? A little bit of mercury in that fish never hurts you. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of mercury and a little bit of everything else. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, you know it's it's great to see that though. There's so many waterways that that's happening through Absolutely. here. It's just it's environmental terrorism is what it is, and we see it happening out west. And and I was sitting here the other day, and I had a thought come to me and. Uh, I'm not going to share it here because it's really controversial. I don't want to say it. It's kind of just something that I thought about. I'm actually going to be writing an article about it in consideration for changing the minds of the colonials and the settlers to look at things from a different point of view, stop looking at it with hatred and start looking at it possibly as uh, self-sabotage of the industry for the purpose of the industry. So that's just basically the gist of it. So uh, it's environmental terrorism. They'll do it for their benefit in some way or another. No matter how polluted the water is, they can just, they, yeah, yeah, no matter how polluted the water is, they'll use some sort of fossil fuel to boil it, make steam, and then they'll be able to drink it. If they could, they'd boil their own piss to drink it. They do sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, like cutting down the old growth forest back there. Have you seen the pictures of them, people standing beside those trees? Yeah. They're like one of the ribs of the bark. Like that's how big they yep. are, like tiny. Like, Massive. They're just going in there, chopping them down, clear cut. Yeah. yeah, we see that here. You know, it's, it's not just encroachment onto onto treaty lands. It's that's environmental terrorism. All the all the trees and things that were around there, around Caledonia, they're gone. Yeah. And the river's polluted. And you know, uh, I think that was kind of one of the things that was quite laughable for a lot of us when uh, when the roads got dug up and the railways and highway got dug up. And, you know, trenches across all of those, like the people that talked about destruction of all the destruction, the wanton destruction that was happening. Yeah, that isn't destruction. That, that road, it took that that road took six hours to fix in front of Mackenzie on Mackenzie Road. It took six hours. The, the, the amount of destruction that has happened on the lands that, that land back lane, like that's hundreds of years yeah. of soil regrowth of trees coming back of like this is like this is what destruction looks like mm -hmm. and so when Skyler, the guys in there sorry go ahead oh um the uh I, I wrote a poem about that a while ago and i was going to ask if i would be cool if i could share that i think you remember i wrote that um about the land being stripped of everything and you know but the yeah. the people are still there I'd, I'd like to share that on the as a part of the article with this show yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, th I don't know if you remember it. I don't know if you remember it or not, but yeah, no, I was there. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I went, the first time I went back there, you know, I, I actually cried. <laughs> I saw the land and like geez, the, they ripped everything up and threw it in a big pile over there. 
just so they can. Well, yes, every blade of grass, every shrub, every tree, everything that, you know, makes our mother beautiful is, uh, is stripped from the land. Here. And you know what? Like it is, it is something, something to see, you know, when you get happy about the weeds, about the weeds growing back there. Like, yeah. like oh God, right on, weeds are growing. It's coming yeah. back, you know. Yeah. You know, only another thousand years and it'll look like it did a thousand years ago. Yeah, all the destruction they did in a little while, like we've been able to maintain it for thousands of years. And in the past few hundred, they've been able to completely destroy it. You know, <laughs> like, it's insane. And then they've used all these colonial tactics of oppression, of genocide, and they've been brainwashing their own population, you know, telling them this is true. This is what the reality is, blah, blah, blah. And all their so-called history books and all their classrooms, right? there was that video that came out in the 70s that they lied to you in school still still they do you know still to this day they lie to you in school and you know they put on this persona of like oh the police are there to help the police are there to help you um and they have to you have to understand like yeah it is 10 times worse when it comes to people of color but when it comes to people in general who don't meet the criteria that it takes you know to become a person of society yeah. they don't fall into line Right. You know what? And I think this is a pretty good segue into uh, this past week that I had um, some friends of ours that had, you know, come down to land back quite a few times and uh, told me that there was uh, some indigenous folks in a park in, uh, in Toronto and, uh, and were camped out and were uh, homeless folks that, you know, had just picked this one green spot that, that, that they decided to call home. And, uh, and so we went up and, and had a talk and listened to them and heard what was going on. And, uh, and they said that the, the police in the city of Toronto was coming to evict them on Wednesday and uh, throw away all their stuff. And, and so uh, the encampment support network that does just amazing work there in Toronto is uh, organized to, you know, to, to, uh, to reach out to as many people as they can and and uh and so I, I i heard the call out that morning and or the day before sorry and went on down and to hear the response from uh you know some non-native folks some white folks that had that had been there and had you know uh the one one girl had her arm broke like her forearm smashed with a baton um you know countless numbers of pepper sprays uh stitches uh, myself got hit in the face with a baton and you know give me a half a dozen stitches in my eye and a hole in my lip but so i had a uh, yeah. little bit of eye shadow today a little bit of eye shadow this <laughs> here. So, so there was a yeah. few people uh, who were out there and they looked like the uh, police were specifically targeting you <laughs> well you know what um at first the uh it was it was pretty noticeable that they were targeting um, all the women in the in the crowd, and so the uh, they would sidestep men right just down from me to 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 try and grab on the women, and so at some point one of the men fell, and as I as I went to pick them up, uh, a cop hit me in the face with the baton, and so it's uh, but it. it it was it was a an interesting thing for me to to hear the response from the the some of the white folks that had 
you know, experience some of this, you know, police brutality and all its all its glory for the very first time. And to hear that, like, like that shock and awe of what that was like for them and, the, and like the, the emotional response that they had to, to what that's like to get, you know, hit with a baton or pepper sprayed or targeted uh, just for, you know, being, being there, being peaceful, being on the land. Like it, it, it was, it was something that took, took them back a little bit, you know, that it was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, five foot tall white girl. Like my parents told me that, you know, the cops are here to protect us, you know, like this is like, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense to, it doesn't make sense to me that these cops are here, you know, cracking skulls when, you know, 75% of the crowd was, you know, white young women, like, right. and informs, we have, like it really, it, yeah, the statistics that came out. From, or from Instagram, we had uh, a picture of one of the police holding his hand down on somebody's head and ready to smash. So when he's cracking skulls, there's complete evidence of it, you know? And that particular that picture was that girl's arm. Yeah. He came down on that girl's arm and oh. broke her arm. He broke her forearm with that blow yeah. that that yeah, Both bo bones got broken in her forearms is what I heard. Scott, right. yeah. And we have statistics. They pulled it, pulled it down and called it harassment and bullying because they tagged John yeah. Tory and the, the Toronto Police Service in it. Mm-hmm. And we, we have these officers' names. We have them from the Sunshine List. They've been identified. And uh, I read that there are lawyers in Toronto that are doing pro bono cases for these people. So I do want to announce that on there. If you did experience any police brutality, there is a group that out there of lawyers that are in Toronto that are willing to help you stand up against the police. Um, something else that I read is the police are trying to sue any politician or any any um, civilian who tries to speak ill of what happened up there. That's the beginning stages of a police state. And that was instigated by um, Ford Nation, by Doug Ford, and it's being instilled further by Aaron O'Toole with his quote-unquote political campaign to take Canada back. So there's a lot of fear-mongering and a lot of hate-mongering among the politicians still, and they're pushing it into like, yeah, hate speech, hate mongering. That's what it is. They're causing people to hate indigenous. They're causing them to like the police and stand up and be patriots again. And it hates the people that stand up against it. People like me, people like you guys, you know, I've been followed. I've been surveilled, helicopters, drones, planes fly around my farm. And, and it's the same, same planes that fly around in Tyanadega that fly around in, in land back. It's the same ones. The OPP helicopter has been here. The RCMP helicopter has been here. There's been the, the same drone flying around Ganastado and land back flew over my farm. I drove over to the side road and there's the van. So literally serial numbers on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've seen the serial numbers on the plane. So, I mean, anybody who has any problem from what happened or was a victim of what happened at, at any encampment being removed by the police, stand up. There's lawyers out there that are going to help. Speak up, stand up for it because it's wrong um it it needs to change and the only thing that's going to change is if we stand up with our rights for our rights as settlers and weaponize our white privilege and and stop this police state ideal that's coming into ontario exactly you know what hitler's uh, ss his gestapo all that they were just doing their jobs too you yeah. know <laughs> that's what john tory said oh they're just doing their jobs and they're caring and compassionate Caring and compassion. You know what? So I just heard a conversation. I was eavesdropping in a restaurant, and uh, I heard these young young people talking about because uh, on the news, uh, 
there was um, one of the statues uh, of the queen was getting taken down in Manitoba. And uh, I heard these young people talking and they said, well, wh who do you think like um, Europe would look like right now if we didn't uh, stand up against them in World War II? Like, and, and, and like kind of laughed. And I, I had to interject my thoughts on the situation and say, it would probably look a lot like Canada. Uh, yeah, it would look a lot like Canada, where yeah. there would be little pockets of Jewish people spread out all over the place, living in third world conditions with no running water, with no ability to have access to jobs or uh, clean water, or you know, our, 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 you know, their women, their girls going missing. Like this is what Europe would look like. Absolutely, it would look a lot like Canada. Would look a lot like the U.S. Right? That's close to like what the Israeli government's doing to Palestine now, putting them in little pockets. Certainly. Yeah, it's it's what the African government does in South Africa. Exactly. It's, it's apartheid. It is. It's everywhere. And, mm -hmm. you know, like we've we've talked to people from South Africa and they're just like, oh, my God, Canada is an apartheid state. <laughs> you know, they come right out and say it. They lived it. It only ended in 94. Well, it <clears throat> ended in 94, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's it's pretty clear to them. Um, they're like, well, you still have territory. You, what, you're still forced on reserves? You still have the numbers? You still have this? You still have that? I'm like, yeah, okay, here's my card. <laughs> you know, yeah. you not be tattooed on our arms, but we still have to go buy a number. You know, it's our land, and we have to prove that we're from it. What? Like, that does not make any sense. You know? Um, it's, it's ridiculous. And for anybody to be thrown out of their arms <laughs> You know? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, like, and I think that's, that's one of the, the hard bits in all of this is like, you know, when we're talking about um, missing and murdered indigenous women, when we're talking about, you know, residential school survivors and those that have been stolen from our communities, when we're talking about homelessness on the streets of these big cities, like we cannot talk about those, those issues in our, within Canada without talking about land back for indigenous communities within and like if we don't have area certainly here in six nations i know tyandanaga ain't much different that nope. there's just nowhere to build and so right. unless we're going to pave everything over cover everything in concrete and asphalt like we don't have the ability to grow and thrive like and i think you know certainly i would like one day for there to be a bit of legislation a courtroom somewhere that says you know the judge just says all right all, all us white folks back on the boats we we done fucked up. We got to go. <laughs> like, I'm not so naive that I think that's going to happen. But, right. what I, but what I would like to see is there to be a process for our communities, our nations, to be able to grow and thrive like every other community. I don't care whether you're a big city or a small town. Like every, every one of those, every one of them have been able to grow exponentially over these last 150 years. And you know what? We need that ability to be able to invite those brothers and sisters that have been stolen from our communities from our nations, you know, to say to those missing and missing women that like, you know, there is, there, there's a place that you can call home. There's a place that you can come home and have the support of community, have the support of family, have the support of all of those yes. things. And so when we're talking about homeless issues in big cities, like this is what we need in order for there to be any kind of reconciliation talk. If we're talking about nation to nation, we cannot have any of those things without land back. Right. And so we need to start pushing and pushing in all the right ways to make sure 
that whenever we're talking about any of these issues, that we're bringing it right back home, that that connection to our lands is something that you can't, you can't dispossess us away from that feeling of that, that, that intrinsic nature of that connection to the land. Because that's something yeah. like you just can't, I don't care whether you're in a big city and you're down on your luck and everything is, is the, isn't the greatest. You know, whether you're, you, you live on reserve, like everybody knows what that feeling is to feel that connection to these lands. And so for us to be able to stand up and stand together, and I think certainly issues like the one uh, this past week at uh, Lamport Park, Lamport Stadium Park, to see the cops come out in the way that they did there in a very similar heavy-handed way that they came in the land back lane, that they came into Tyendinaga, that they went into Wet'suwet'en territory. Like this is just the way that they that the state has chosen to, to, to brutalize, to try and terrorize indigenous nations across the country here and you know the states ain't ain't no better in a lot of ways they're a lot worse you know they got a lot bigger guns down in there down there in the states and so it, it so like this is this is this is a typical reaction and unless we start really pushing back and standing together i don't give i, I really don't give a shit what what the stance is like if, they, if that's our brothers and sisters on the line we need to be there to support each other to lift each other up and you know whatever it takes to do that like there's been so many come down here to six nay to be able to to lift us up and support us and push us along you know what you know who the hell are we and i know andrew i know that you had the same kind of support when during the railway blockades and you know what like we we need to we need to push and we need to stand up and lift each other up and amplify whenever we can like because this is what it takes there's something in the air right now that is really different it has been in the last you know 15 years and like yeah. to be able to see that 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 change coming about in people and certainly i don't care whether you're an anarchist group or communist groups or uh, labor movement or indigenous groups and nations across the country like we're all starting to stand up and realize that there's a common enemy here mm -hmm. you know like this you know yeah. and, and it's not among the, and it's not the people itself the common oh, enemy that's right is the oppressor. it's all the people coming and together so the, the yes. in the <laughs> yeah. You know, the power and of the people is, is, the whole is what colonial government is to dissolve what they're doing and rebuild under indigenous supervision. You know, this is our land. <laughs> we need to remember that we have not broken that two row. You know, we never broke that two row. And it's time for them to realize that they, they fucked up. <laughs> you know, and admit it. And be accountable for everything that they've done and stop trying to beat people down stop trying to censor people stop trying to silence people stop murdering people stop raping people you know all of it give us the land back that's all one plow death one plow death yeah one that doesn't that doesn't mean you can go frack they can go frack themselves yeah <laughs> but <Yeah>. anyway <laughs> have you on um hope to have you on again uh so yeah everybody out there make sure you um nick you want to give us the lawyer information again yeah once again folks if you're involved with these uh, uh camp removals especially at uh, lamport stadium park uh, what was the other one skylar alexandra park or alexandria alexandra park and uh, trinity bellwoods before that and uh, moss yeah. park is about to pop up here anytime soon so yeah once so moss park 
And so Moss Park is the last one of them, uh, mm -hmm. kind of the big the, the big four that they were kind of going after. And so if uh, folks hear about Moss Park ready to pop off, I think we'll, we might have a day's notice. So be ready yep. to respond to that. Okay, right. yeah, I like I that. Thanks, thanks for that info, Skylar. I wasn't up to snuff on it. So like I said, you can check out my personal page on Twitter. You can also follow Credible Mohawk Entertainment on Twitter. Uh, that's where I saw the information. Uh, I did share it and retweet it on there. Uh, and I will do it again after the show so that everybody can see it again. There are lawyers giving free pro bono legal cases against the police brutality if you want to seek out and either sue or charge the cops that beat you up. So with that, right. thanks, for, oh. thanks for coming on, Skylar. Great show. Appreciate it. That's Red Truth. And Take White care, everybody. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's Red Truth and White Lies, a podcast of two candidates. Stay tuned. Next week at five, we'll have Delina Cow, content creator from Wetsuda, Texas.